good. Beautiful day today, hey? It is. It's nice to see some sunshine now. Yeah, I'm so excited <laughs> to have you uh, on this presentation today. I've seen so many of your talks, and you know, I'm one of your biggest fans. Every time I hear you talk, I'm always walking away with gems. So I really, really, really appreciate, appreciate you. And I really appreciate all the people you help in our community. I know I hear just amazing uh, compliments and, and gratitude and thankfulness that you've stepped into people's lives and really transformed the path that they're on. We all have struggles and we all have challenges. And to have people like yourself in that, like, oh my goodness, like, thank you. Like, you're, you're amazing. I hope, I hope you get told that often enough and, uh, and I I'll try to make sure I tell you. <laughs> you always tell me that. I really appreciate that, Shauna. Thank you. <laughs> so, so Annette is a registered professional counselor with over 30 years of experience. That's crazy. 30 years. You look oh, too young. Man. When did you start when you were eight? <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> anyways, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah well, you're, you're rocking it, my friend. Originally. So I know at the beginning of your career, you worked with youth and families struggling with addiction, uh, parent-teen conflict, and I think anybody that has a teen can totally identify with that, attachment-based parenting, etc. for many years now. I know you work with individuals and couples addressing many issues, including anxiety, depression, self-esteem, addiction, boundaries, building self-esteem, conflict resolution, and countless others. Um, uh, yeah, and like I said, I, I, I know that you work with couples and you do lots of wonderful things. And I know with the, the crazy world we're living in now, you're doing a lot of, of uh, Zoom um, um, meetings and Facebook lives and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. so I'm curious, like, I know you did, did you, you did some before, right? Before the lockdown? Some, yeah, uh, Zoom and FaceTime, you mean? Like, yeah, yeah. in terms of social, yeah, absolutely. But more so over the COVID time. That yeah, I was going to ask you, what is the percentage change? Couples onto and families into Zoom sessions so that I can see everybody's faces and, um, you know, and help people through that time, mm -hmm. right? And some people now that they've had Zoom sessions actually prefer it. They can be at home and they can um, be in the sort of privacy of their home and learn more about themselves and feel more comfortable and don't have to go outside to kind of go see a counselor. So we've continued with that because I do have clients in Calgary and Vancouver and sort of other communities. So, yeah. That's so, awesome. You can help people worldwide. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll start with Canada. I'm already overbooked right now just because of the COVID time. Like, I think everybody's had a lot of time together. So now they've really had to sort of take a look at some of their patterns. So... Cool. So today I wanted you to talk about couple counseling, how you work with couples, what are some of the common issues you see with men and women uh, when they have experienced trauma in their histories. And I think a lot of people can identify that and are struggling with conflict, disconnect in their relationships. Um, and more about uh, men, sometimes how they had uh, same experiences with women and, and they need to be heard and feel like it would be, even be okay to have feelings. And I really appreciate you sharing that today. I know you can help lots of people. So I will turn it over to you. Wonderful. Okay, Annette. And please, okay. please share your awesomeness. Thanks for always promoting me. You bet. Um, okay. So in terms of working with 
couples. Um, you know, some couple therapists meet with a couple together originally, and I just, for me, uh, my preference is to work with a man and a woman separately for the first one or two sessions. And um, partly the reason for that is there's certain things that I need to sort of understand in regards to their story. So I always say 75% of your emotional map happens under the age of six. And then after that, our brain fully develops around 25 and we go into life with patterns. So when I take a look at couples, I'm kind of like starting out with say a man and a woman separately to find out like what's brought you to counseling. Like, what do you want to see happen? But I also want to know like more around attachment needs as a child, like, you know, how they were corrected, whether they got love, whether they <clears throat> could be known with their parent. Um, so when we look at sort of attachment styles, um, you know, we kind of look at different attachment styles from childhood. So a secure attachment meant like I had a parent that I could go to and be emotionally open with, that they would soothe me, right? And then we've got sort of an avoidant attachment where maybe a kid was more like a latchkey kid. Nobody was really there to guide them. They were kind of on their own. Um, they didn't really have a voice. They didn't really talk about you know, issues in their family. Another one might be ambivalent, anxious attachment. So that's when I felt like some abandonment issues. It's like my parent might be there sometimes and then not there. And the other one is sort of a disorganized attachment. That's where we had some scary things happen in our childhood. Maybe we had a dad that was an alcoholic and he got really angry when he was drinking. Or maybe there was a mom that just had a mental health issue and, you know, she just would lock herself in her bedroom. Like there's lots of different varied, you know, stories. And some of it is we might not say, you know, I had a really great family, but then did you talk about feelings directly? Were you able to say to your parent, hey, I don't like that. That made me mad or sad. And if I held my voice in, then we see sort of the beginnings of anxiety or the beginnings of what am I going to notice in a couple counseling session in regards to, um, you know, raw spots from our history, because that's what happens. Like we go into life with our stories and, you know, let's say a couple relationship, say, you know, a man is like turned away from his partner because his partner is scratching at him. She's upset because he's not home more or he's not connected enough. And the more she scratches at him, the more he turns away kind of talked about sort of wounded boy energy, right? Like man energy needs to step into that with a boundary and say, hey, like I really want to listen to you, but I need you to do that gently with me. I need, you know, we need sort of an underlying of respect in a relationship, right? But sometimes our raw spots are getting rubbed so much, you know, say a man sort of feels like he lost his voice at home in his childhood. Maybe he had a parent that was very black and white, so in his partnership, he wants to have a voice all the time, right? And it's like, okay, but now other people are losing their voice. So it's kind of like we're trying to take a look at how are we going to sort of work through some of the issues that are presenting themselves. And usually when I talk about that stuff, I kind of talk about vulnerability, like what it means as a counselor, I'm creating a safe space for them. And I already know their stories. So if a woman's felt really alone in her marriage for a long time, abandoned, you know, I'm going to have a conversation with her originally about where she's abandoned herself, where she hasn't had maybe some clear, firm, kind boundaries and then disengaged, or maybe she hasn't trusted her instincts, or maybe she's taken on projections and has taken on things that haven't to do with her. You know, with a man, I might take a look at, you know, where do you have walls? 
You know, where in your family of origin did you maybe not feel safe in relationships? So that meant that like relationships are scary, you know, and especially if my wife's upset with me, it's going to activate sort of my story of not being, you know, strong enough or worthy enough, or maybe I feel I'm afraid of rejection. I'm afraid of being abandoned too. So men will get uncooperative sometimes, or they'll, you know, they'll, they'll go into behaviors that, you know, aren't very compassionate. They're more turned away, right? So when we talk about those two energies coming together, I kind of talk a lot about sort of self-esteem. Like self-esteem is like, if I had abandonment, if I had like, you know, I didn't talk about things in our family, maybe it was overcorrected. Maybe my parent came from an alcoholic system where it's don't talk, don't trust, don't feel. Then I go into my sort of story of life that when I'm triggered or when I'm failing or I'm making a mistake, sometimes I'm going to avoid. Sometimes I'm going to get mad. Sometimes I'm going to addictive behaviors. Now, human beings have lots of addictive behaviors, right? But the main seven are food, sex, drugs, alcohol, technology, money and work and unhealthy relationship patterns. So people turn away to soothe themselves because they don't know what it means to resolve. And when you look at some couple relationships is sometimes people aren't interested in resolution, they're interested in winning. You know, and in winning, there's not a collaborative kind of ability for two people to feel hurt, to feel understood. You know, for men, I'm often coaching them to turn toward their partner saying, you know, I need you to be gentle with me, but I want a man to kind of stand behind his values. Like if his wife's important, then he stands behind that. If his children are important, he stands behind that, you know, but when we've had wounded boy energy, we might go to alcohol every day, you know, and just take the edge off, kind of disconnect, right? We might go to work because we feel really successful at work. And for men, like providing is part of their being, right? We've, we've you know, women give birth to babies. Like there's some, some beginnings of all of this stuff, but you know, the world's changing, right? And I actually feel bad for men because sometimes they don't, know how to get it right and maybe they try and get it right with their partner and their partner's got a story of them already so they're not appreciating any steps towards change they're not noticing those things and so then they kind of give up and go you know why should I bother I'm trying she doesn't listen you know and both people are like two wounded people trying to find a space in between where we can be known where we can heal and grow and we can get on to being happy and having fun too right so when people have a download of trauma, part of that work too is, is paying attention to what does their daily practices look like, right? So if a daily practice is going to alcohol to soothe myself because of my trauma, which, you know, when we're drinking four or more times a week, it's often we've had some trauma in our history, right? So we need to have some healthier practices, you know? So we talk about gentle yoga and, you know, healthy eating, right? Your gut flora is related to your frontal lobe of your brain. So it helps you make better decisions when you're having breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and your blood sugars are kind of stable, right? We need to live in a soup of love, right? So people don't heal in a soup of anger. We can't force people to change. So the invitation is to communicate, to be known and disengage if that person is not listening or validating your experience, right? And then you need to plug into your own life and your own rescue. We need to know how to rescue our own 
nervous system, to be able to take a break, to be able to come back to it with a gentle startup because we don't resolve things when we're angry and in conflict. So there's a lot to all of this stuff. I could go on um, a lot, but I think we need to move out of when we let go of ego and, you know, and all those superficial things that sort of give us sort of a sense of other esteem. And we look at sort of the vulnerability behind that, that, you know, I don't want people to have to lose their marriage or lose their health or lose you know, their relationship with their child, because these are all wake-up calls in life. The invitation is for me not to abandon those parts from my history, to start to activate some different things than what I learned in my childhood. Because life is like school. We're all meant to grow and learn, right? But we also have to have two people willing to do the work, right? So when a couple comes to me, and if they have, like, say, a lot of criticalness, a lot of stonewalling and shutting down, a lot of defensiveness. Those are the three things over time that when we get to contempt and I don't really like you anymore, then we're kind of like looking at separation. We're not looking at, you know, trying to sort of heal this relationship. So sometimes people have got to the end of that journey and they don't want to do the next part of their journey with their partner anymore. I also see transitions when, you know, our kids grow up and we had a purpose before our relationship had a purpose to raise children, you know, then our children grow up and it's like, oh, now we have to look at each other and see, hey, is there something here, right? And sometimes people choose to, to separate at that point in their life too, because it's like there's been too many things going on for too long that haven't healed. So, so coming to counseling is brave. It's, it takes strength. It's actually a good thing to go to counseling. All of us should be learning about this stuff, I think, just because life is an emotional experience. So we actually need to learn how to like maneuver ourselves in this journey. Um, so in terms of all that, so hopefully that gives you a little bit of a idea of what I do in counseling and how to bring people together. Um, so Shauna, I'm hoping that that sort of gives you a sort of an overview of working with couples. Absolutely. That was a great overview of things and what you do. And like I said, I've seen you in many, many presentations and you are gifted and I know you can help people. People don't have to feel like there's no, nowhere to go when they're trapped. They can reach out to people like yourself and get some assistance and guidance so that they can learn to heal and take care of themselves. Thanks, honey. Yeah. Thanks very much. Thanks for giving me this opportunity today to talk about what I do. All right. And, and, how, do people, and how do people reach out and find you? Um, you can reach me, at, look up Annette Adkin and Pure Insights Counseling is the name of my business. So they can reach me through that, you know, and um, yeah. So hopefully that works for people in terms of accessing me on the internet. Okay. That's great. Okay. Okay. Bye.